Psalm chapter 56. I'm going to ask you to stand one last time, and we'll do this in reverence to the Word of God. Psalm chapter 56. We're going to read the entire chapter. It's 13 verses. It'll take us a few moments, but follow along. We're going to start with verse number 1. Psalm chapter 56, verse number 1. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts against me for evil. Verse 6, they gather themselves together They hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise his word, in the Lord will I praise his word, in God Have I put my trust? I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning. And Father, this is something you've put very heavy on my heart over the course of this week. Lord, you have touched my heart. I believe you've, you've helped me to get some things straight with you through it. I pray that this morning as I share this with, with your people, Lord, with this congregation, I pray that, Lord, first and foremost, that if there's any in this room that's never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, if they've never come to that point and that place in their lives or they've done that, that today would be the day of their salvation. Father, I pray uh, that in the lives of your Christians today, and really this is also most important, that, Father, our hearts would be open to your word. I pray that as your children, Lord, we not be guilty of, of shrugging it off, Lord, or, or coming back to it later. Father, I pray that your word and that your spirit would have free reign in our hearts today. I, Lord, with a message like this, I know that this is... I know this is something you've given me for today. And Father, I pray that, that you'd empower me. Father, you'd hide me behind the cross, that you'd, you'd, you'd just use this in a special way. Father, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Psalm chapter 56, and I've used this text before. Um, it's a powerful passage. Am I on, Jess? Yeah. It's a powerful passage. Um, We see a man that's dealing with life. Um, Verse number 13 is, is, if I title a message, is what I would title it. It says that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Life is always referred to as light and death is always referred to as darkness. And David is writing here and he's pouring out his heart before God, but what he desires is that he may walk before God in the light of the living. Now, I love that that statement. I love how he placed that. You'll find that statement only one other place in the Word of God, the light of the living. You'll find it in the book of Job, and it's almost quoted from that book. 
But this morning, I want, to, I want to grab hold of some principles found in this chapter, and I want to present them to you as best as I can. I, I, when, when the Lord lays something in my heart like this, I, I always feel inadequate to stand in front of, of you as, as, as a congregation, as fellow believers. I truly do. But when something like this is placed in my heart, I feel more, far even more inadequate, and I, I pray that you'd be gracious today and allow the Lord to speak through His Spirit and through His Word. But... This morning, a couple weeks ago when we met, I, I, I likened the sermon to going into a doctor's office for a yearly checkup, and we talked about some things there and had some fun as far as that topic was concerned. But this morning, I want to like it to a, a message that's, that's uh, it's, it's maintenance, it's preventative maintenance. Um, in our lives, folks, let's just be honest, a lot of the problems we get into are because um, the person in the shoes that we wear causes them, Amen. Now, I'm not saying every problem is like that, but the majority of problems are like that. I know many of the times when I get myself into a predicament, it's because I've made some bad choices and some bad decisions that have led to that predicament. Is anybody else following? I mean, yes, you understand what I'm saying. I, I hope that, and I hope I'm not preaching to the, to, to the pastor only this morning. I hope I'm preaching to you. But as I looked at this, the Lord gave me three things, and, 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 and really, I don't know where you are in your life. I really don't. I don't know where each and every one of you are going, which one, each and every one of you are dealing with. I, I don't understand that. I can't understand it. But what I do know is that these three principles are very easily applied to wherever you're at, to whatever you're dealing with, and to wherever you're going. And so I want to present those to you this morning as best as I can. But before I get to that, my first point, I want to give you a little bit of the background. Psalm chapter 56, David is crying out. And we see David in, in the midst of oppression. We see him in the midst of a struggle. We see him with his enemies at the doorstep. We see him as he's almost ready to give up and ready to fail. Yet somehow, some way, he finds the ability to get ahead of his problems, to get on top of his problems, and by the grace of God, because he's put his trust in God, he conquers. Now, I want to give you three principles based on that today. And one of the things I liked about this, this is it was this psalm is it's a defiance against his oppressors and his oppression. David is looking in the face of adversity and sticking his tongue out. All right, I like that. I like it when a guy or a girl says, my problems are not going to defeat me. My problems may hurt me. My problems may oppress me. My problems may rage against me, but they'll not destroy me. And this psalm is one of defiance against his problems. Now, it's one of trust in God, but it's boldness against the oppressions he's dealing with in his life. Number one this morning, I want to say that as a child, as a child of God, when the enemies are against you, remember... God is for you. You'll find this in verse number 9. David says, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. As a child of God, when the enemies are against you, remember, God is for you. Now, I don't know if that means much to you, but it means a lot to me. Because in this life, there are a lot of things that are going to come against me. There are those people that are going to try to hurt me. There are those people that are going to try to persecute me. But when that happens, I need to remember that God is for me. I want, I want to give you three things to remember this morning. Three principles to live by. Three things to grasp hold of. So number one, when all the world is against me, my God is for me. Now understand something about this, folks. The Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? So if God's on my side and I'm on God's team, then nothing this world can do can destroy me. 
If God is for me, who can be against me? And this morning, I want you to understand whatever you're dealing with in your life, whether it be a physical enemy, a tangible enemy that you can put your hands on, so to speak, or whether it's one that's mental and emotional, whether it's one that's health-related, whatever type of enemy you're dealing with this morning, I want you to know that no matter what enemy rears its ugly head against you, God is for you. God is for you. As a child of God, serving God, trusting in God, this morning, God is for me. That means that all the world may be against me, yet God stands by my side. And this morning, I want you to understand that because too many of us have forgotten that God is for us. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to Psalm chapter 40. Now keep your finger in Psalm 56. This psalm has come up several times throughout this week in conversation, talking to folks and dealing with situations, and I've used it a couple times, and it's a psalm that's very precious to me. Psalm chapter 40, I'm only going to read the first two verses. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. See, I know this, that when God is for me, the world can't touch me. You see, David said in Psalm chapter 40 and verse 1, he says, God, when I, when I cried out unto you, you inclined your ear to me and you heard my cry. And he said, then you pulled me up out of a horrible pit. Anybody in this room ever been in a horrible pit? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about literally you dug a hole in the ground and then just threw, jumped in and said, well, let's see how it... I'm talking about you know what that is. You know what it is. I mean, it's a mental, it's an emotional, it's a physical struggle. And every morning you almost wonder if you're going to be able to get out of bed and face what's going on that day. And boy, David says, God, I cried out to you. I begged, I pleaded. And he said, you heard me. And then he said, you took me up out of a horrible pit. And he said, you pulled me out of the miry clay. And boy, I know exactly what that's like. Boy, you, you, you're dealing with those situations. You're dealing with those struggles. And you try to take a step. You try to go further. You try to go on. And you just can't. It's like it just keeps pulling you back in. And it just, just, just wrestles with you daily. And, and you just can't get past it. But God says, I will pull you up out of a horrible pit. I will take your feet out of the miry clay. And I will set your feet upon a rock and establish your going. I love that simple principle because it tells me that all the world can be against me but God will set my feet upon a rock and he'll establish my goings. Now, I don't know if that, again I don't know if that means much to you but that means a lot to me because there's some times when I get up and I'm dealing with situations and I get a phone call or something comes across my desk and I say Lord what in the world is going on? What are they thinking? Why are they doing this? What is going on in their mind that they would attack me in such a manner? And then I need to remember that God is for me. In Psalm 56, as David is writing this, he explains his enemies. He says in verse 2, Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. He says, For they be many that fight against me. In verse number 5, he says, Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. Have you ever dealt with someone in your life that no matter what you did, no matter what you said, no matter how you acted, they used it as ammo at you? I mean, they took, see, David would say, I'd get up and I'd praise God and they'd use that against me. He said, I'd say good morning to them and they'd say, what do you mean by that? Yeah? I'd go to work and I'd try to do my job and I'd try to do what I'm supposed to do. And, 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 and man, they'd get mad at me. They'd get angry at me. I tried to go home, and boy, as I walked into my house, I said, hi, honey, how are you doing? She said, how do you think I'm doing? Yeah? 
brother, you had as much part in them seven kids as she did. But it seems as if every moment, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you think, you can't get past it. What you need to do first and foremost is remember God is for you. Because folks, we do get those days sometimes, do we not? Where we look up and say, God, there's nobody that likes me. <laughs> God, there's nobody that loves me. Father, some, to be perfectly honest, I don't even know if I like myself today. And you know exactly what I'm saying. And you say, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what, but God is for you. And I want you to understand that. And I want you to know that as a child of God, when the enemies are against you, number one, remember God is for you. Number two, that as a Christian trusting in God, but being knocked around, remember not to fear man. We find that several times in Psalm chapter 56. One I'll look at is in verse number 11. It says, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. As a Christian trusting in God, but being knocked around, remember not to fear man. Sometimes we as Christians, we cry out to God. And God begins to answer. And God pulls us up out of that horrible pit. And he takes us out of that miry clay. And he sets our feet upon a rock. And he begins to establish our goings. But here's what happens. You see, as that is going on in our life, folks, how many know that most of your problems don't disappear overnight? Okay, I mean, you go to God and the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you. And you should do that. And that's a good thing. But can I tell you something? When you wake up in the morning, most times those problems are going to be there. Amen? I'm not talking about your wife, Brother Moore. I know that's exactly what you're thinking. And what I want you to grasp hold of right here, I saw him smiling, starting to smirk at his wife. Isn't that terrible? God forbid. I'll meet with you folks after the service. Yeah, the first hour is free. But what you got to understand is you can't fear man. See, what our problem is, is a whole lot of us in this room, things start to hit us, and God's working in our lives, and God's doing some things, but all of a sudden, we begin to fear what man's going to say. We begin to fear what man's going to do. All of a sudden, you take your Bible with you, and you set it down on your kitchen table at home, and your wife says, what in the world is wrong with you? You take your Bible with you to work, and all of a sudden, those fellas at work, they begin to make funny and mock you and, 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 and have a little fun with who you are. And they say, what do you think you're, what do you think you're, you be careful. Because as a Christian trusting in God, being knocked around, and you will be, remember not to fear man. You see, man wants to pull you down to their level. Nobody likes it when somebody rises above it. Because what that does to them is it convicts them. See, we like, all, we like to hear stories about people succeeding. Just don't get it too close and personal. Because, folks, in our lives, we all got things we got to deal with. We all got problems. We all got struggles. We all got, all got things that are going on that are oppressing us. And I'm just telling you this morning, as a Christian trusting in God, when you're getting knocked around, I want you to remember something. Don't you fear man. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7, it says that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Satan loves to prey on our fears. Folks, do you understand that the Holy Spirit of God never fears? The Bible says that perfect love casteth out fear. All right, so God's spirit is not a fear. God's spirit is of love and of power and a sound mind. See, what man's going to do is it's going to try to get you to be afraid of him. Man's going to try to intimidate you. That flesh is going to rear up and they're going to say, who do you think you are? I'm nobody. 
I'm just a sinner that got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ that became a new man in Jesus. That's what happened. That's who I am. That's where I'm going. And I'm not going to let you, sir, I'm not going to let you, ma'am, knock me down in my faith. I'm not going to dwell underneath it. I'm not going to fear what man can do unto me. See, the Bible says don't fear what man can do unto you. It says don't fear a person who can kill the body. It says fear the one who can kill the body and the soul. The only one who can condemn my soul is God. And one day I'll stand in front of God, and friend, I'm going to do that as his child because I accepted Jesus Christ. Understand that. But I want you to understand, God said, don't you dare fear someone who's flesh and blood. Folks, can I tell you something right now? You ought not to fear our government. You should respect it, but don't you be afraid. Don't be afraid if they pass some laws that are going to make it impossible to serve God. Because with God, all things are possible. Folks, don't you be, well, I I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. You're fearing man when you start to say things like that. Don't fear them. Folks, the president of our country has nothing on God. He's a powerful man. He has nothing on God. You say, well, well, you, you don't understand all these things. Folks, I think we should be as involved as we can in our government. I think we ought to vote. I think we ought to pray. I think we ought to beg God that God brings a revival to our land. I think we ought to be the reason God brings revival because we should be the revival. But I want you to grasp hold of something. In our lives, don't you fear man. Because as a Christian trusting in God, that's what Satan's going to try to get you to do. He's going to say, who do you think you are? You think you're better than them? <laughs> you and I both know what you've done. You and I both know where you've been. And Satan's going to try to bring that fear. And he's going to plant that deep in your heart. And folks, it's there. Because our flesh does fear. Our flesh does tremble. Our flesh does quake. But as a child of God, being knocked around, remember not to fear man. Folks, I'm, you, you, you can't fear man. Thirdly, this morning, as a Christian who's being blessed of God, remember not to forget your vows to God. In Psalm chapter 56 and verse 12, it says, Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. Verse 13, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. As a Christian, that's being blessed of God. Remember not to forget your vows to God. Now there's a progression of these three principles. The first one is when all your enemies are against you, remember God is for you. As a Christian trusting in God, but being knocked around, and folks, that's life, that's dealing with life, remember not to fear man. Thirdly, when you are being blessed of God, remember to keep your vows to God. What comes to mind and what blessed me about this psalm as I read it, and I've read this dozens of times. But he says, Thy vows are upon me. Thy vows are upon me. And verse 13 says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. 
What happened, and if I can give you a, a, a mental illustration here, is David is crying out to God, and you see that in Psalm 56. He's saying, my enemies, God, they're out to get me. They manipulate me. They try to trick me. They try to deceive me. They take my words and use them against me. They try to mess with my mind. Everything, they gather together, and they try to defile me. They try to de demoralize me. Everything, they're trying to wreck my life. God, please. Now, I think many of us, Maybe not that same type of prayer, but we've all been in a horrible pit in our lives. Some of us many times. And in that pit, we've cried out to God and said, God, please hear me. I need your help, God. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to act. God, help me. Hear me. And God inclines his ear. And God reaches down and he picks us up. And he says, child, let me help you. And he pulls us out of that miry clay that's trapped us and that's imprisoned us. And he sets our feet upon that rock. And we begin to walk in the light of the living. And we begin to succeed. And God begins to bless our lives. That doesn't happen overnight. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you, and I, I know I, I've dealt with too many people, and this is their thought process. I'm going to try God, and if God takes care of all of my problems, then I'll serve him. Really? I mean, God, God is not stupid, okay? I mean, God knows what's in your heart. And God says, if you want me, then pursue me. If you want me, I'll be there. But I'm not going to be a welfare system that's going to just dump out and give you whatever you demand when you demand it. It's not how God works. But folks, as we are pulled out of that pit by the hand of God, and only God can pull us out of that pit, and as he sets our feet upon that rock, all of a sudden things begin to fall into place that we couldn't fix. The illustration that came to my mind is so many of us, our lives are like a 10,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. And all, one of these days, and, and we've all done it, it's like we just kind of went, boom, and everything fell apart. And at the bottom of that pit, there's about 150 pieces. <laughs> Where the rest of the 10,000 pieces went, we don't know. And we say, God, I don't know how you can do this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. There's no way I can put it back together. And we cry out to God. And we begin to follow him. And almost miraculously, God begins to place pieces back into our life that we thought were gone forever. And God does what is impossible. And God does what is improbable. And God restores relationships. And God heals things. And God takes care of situations that, that we're just literally forgotten about. But David said, I don't stop there. He said, God, I cried unto you out of a horrible pit. He said, I begged you to hear me. And he said, you did. He said, when, I, when all the world was against me, you were for me. He said, as, as, as I began to walk with you, and I still got knocked down, I still, I still didn't have it all figured out, and God, I tried to follow you, and I, I, I failed, but I followed you. He said, I didn't fear man. But he said, God, when you blessed me, I kept my vows. And the thought that came to me was how many of us have cried out to God in a time of trouble. 
whether it be in the privacy of your own home, whether it be somewhere outside as you're taking a walk, whether it be at the altar of a, of a church. I don't know where it was, but every single one of us, I believe with all of my heart, at one point or another, if not multiple times, has lifted up our eyes to heaven and said, God, help me. Please help me. And God, if you help me, I will. Have we not? God, if you help me out of this situation, God, if you help me with my children, God, I promise you I will get them in a church. God, if you, if you work this out in my marriage, God, I promise I'll make my marriage everything it's supposed to be. God, if you help me out of this situation, I promise I'll go to church every Sunday for the rest of my life. And every single one of us in this room have made promises such as that, have we not? So God, if you'll only help me, and God did. What I found so amazing about David is he said, I'll do what I told you I'd do. He said, thy vows are upon me, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. He said, God, you kept your word. He said, God, I want you to know something. I'll keep mine. For many of us, God is good when we're in trouble. But when we're out of that trouble and our life has become stable, we have a tendency to forget Him. And we forget His tender mercies and His grace. And can I say this? When you don't think you need Him anymore, you are descending back into that pit. And you are once again being trapped by the miry clay. You see, today... I desire to walk before God in the light of the living. I want my life to be a testimony of what God can do in a man. I want my marriage to be a testimony of what God can do with a husband and a wife. I want my family to be a testimony of what God can do with a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad and some children. I want my life to be a testimony and I want to walk before God in the light of the living and say this is what God can do, not who I am. Look at me. This is something I specialize in, but look at what God can do in my life. David said, God, you've delivered my soul from death. He said, can't you also keep my feet from falling? Folks, why is God only good in problems? Why is God only good in trouble? Why is God only good in a horrible pit and in the miry clay? Why isn't God good when your life is stable and blessed and God is using you and God is doing things? My friend, when that point comes, keep your vows. Keep your vows. Too many Christians have said, Lord, oh, if you'd only please, God, there's a situation. My child is sick and they're in the hospital. And God, I don't know if they're going to survive. I don't know if that's going to happen. But God, please, if you'll help them, I will. God says, I'll, I'll, I'll help. I'll hear you. But when his vows are upon you, because he's delivered you, May I ask what your response is? Kenny, can I, can I use you for a second? Just come on up here. and I, I'm going to share a little bit of Kenny's testimony. I didn't tell him I was going to do this. Just sit down there, brother. Kenny and I, we're friends. We grew up together. You're two years younger than I am. You went to match. I look so much better than that, don't I? No, but Kenny, you moved back to this area, what, five, four years ago, three years ago? 2008, so good night, four years ago. Kenny moved back to this area, and the Lord was working in it. He came home to spend some time with his mother. 
He'd been out in New York State. Why anybody go out there is beyond me. But he'd been out in New York State for several years. And God brought him back to this area, but he had not been coming back to church, really. He was driving from Des Moines back. And as he was driving from Des Moines back to Prairie de Chine, his vehicle hit a spot of ice. And his vehicle just began to spin out of control. And Kenny said that it was as if God just took his hand and went and stopped it. And at that moment, Kenny made a promise to God. He made a vow to God. Kenny started coming back to church. And Kenny shared that testimony with me. And boy, Kenny started to get active and he started to do some things. Not, not everything at once. He didn't, everything didn't change overnight. He didn't come in a shirt and a tie and dress pants and dress shoes. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't greet people in the front at the front door. He didn't sing in the choir. He didn't do those things. But he started to come and he started to get involved. And God started to work in his life. And slowly but surely, God grew him and God began to bless him. A couple years ago, Kenny got married. Kenny always wanted to get married. And he married a, a, a lovely lady from our church. And God blessed that marriage. And I hope I'm buttering you up, Melody. All right, and, and Kenny told me he needed some help today. And, and boy, God, God blessed him, and, and, and God has brought his, his stepson and put him in a Christian school, and God has blessed his home, and God has blessed his marriage, and God has blessed his family. And I'm going to tell you right now, see, what, what happens with many of our lives is we have a tendency to say, thank you, God. I appreciate it all. You've given me everything I ever wanted. I'm good now. That's what happens in many of our lives. Now, Kenny, I appreciate it. Kenny's kept being faithful, and Kenny's kept trying to serve God. And Kenny, you better keep doing that, or I'm going to come after you. Go sit down, brother. But see, folks, God can do the impossible. God can take what never could be and do it. We know that. What I want you to grab hold of today is when God blesses you and God provides for you and God brings that stability to your life, you keep your vow. You keep your vow. David said, God, your vows are upon me. You kept your word. And Lord, I'll keep mine. And Lord, you'll keep my feet from falling. And Lord, I'll walk before you in the light of the living. This morning... My friend, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what stage of this you're in. I can say this, I fully believe with all of my heart that every single person in this room is at one of these stages I talked about. You're either looking for something, man. Why do people come to church? Because they need God, man. They tried everything else and they said, seriously, man, I, don't ever, I didn't ever think I'd walk into the door of a church. I never thought I'd walk into the door of a church again. You know what I mean? You've said that, and you had your own life, and everything was going fine, but things just fell apart, and all of a sudden you turned that knob and you walked in, and you said, okay, God, I'm looking for something. Talk to me. I'm Help. God says, okay. Okay. Remember, when your enemies are against you, God is for you. And as you begin to walk with God, but you're struggling, you're fighting, it's like, man, I, I, I try to read my Bible, but then I don't. I try to pray, and then I don't. I try to, I try to, uh, uh, to work, have God work in my relationships, with my marriage, with my children. With all, I try, and I try, but I just remember not to fear man. 
And lastly, when God has blessed you with stability, and God is exalting you and lifting you up, remember your vows. Friend, I'd encourage you in that way today. This message has been primarily for those that are born again and have trusted Christ. If you're in this room today and you don't know that heaven's your home, as the men sang about Beulah Land, if you don't know that heaven's your home because the Bible tells you so, would you please, during the invitation, let someone show you from God's own word Okay, from God's own word, not, not the pastor's word, not the church's word, not the denomination's word. God's own word, how you can be born again. And Christian, don't forget. Remember God's for you. Remember not to fear man. And remember to pay your vows. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet with every head bowed. We'll take... A few moments. My friend, today, has God spoken to your heart? If He has, would you reply? Friend, if you're here and you're, if, if you don't know you're without Christ, please don't leave without getting that matter cared for today. During the invitation, just walk down. Get my attention. I promise you I won't go out of my way to embarrass you at all. But I'll have someone who knows the Bible. They'll, they'll show you. They'll answer your questions. And friend, get it taken care of. But Christian, are there some things you promised God? Are there some things you told him you'd do? In the recesses of your mind, you know right now what God's asking. I would just beg you, wherever you are, these three principles we talked about, if God's talking to you during the invitation, just sneak down to the altar and you take it up with him as the instruments begin to play. not too late friend, God's for you. God's for you. Don't fear man. And pay your vows.
Friend, I hope that today the Lord's touched your heart. I Please go home and look at that and read it a little bit. Boy, the Lord just hit me hard with that this week. Showed me some things even in my own life that I needed to work on. Quite frankly, we have a tendency to fear man. It's built in every one of us. Our spirits are very fearful. We're easily intimidated. But in God and Christ, we have boldness. We have the ability to defy our enemies as David did. But when God has done a work in our life, keep your word to God. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thank you for being here this morning. Brother Moore.